It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. It's a, it's a Friday Eve again uh, as, we, uh, as we get excited and get ready for what is to be another football Friday uh, here on the show and here in East Tennessee. Uh, but uh, Thursday has some football too. We'll, we'll talk about that definitely. But uh you know, a lot of docket topics to, to talk about. The NBA had two games last night, both of those two-point wins for the victor. And uh, we'll talk about how they got to that. 23 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We'll definitely run down the 23s uh, and the infamous number 23s of all time. One needs no introduction. Actually, about two needs no introduction. But we'll talk about them nonetheless. But uh, – We'll talk a little bit about Leonard Fournette. Uh, Leonard Fournette was cut or waived uh, by the Jacksonville Jaguars after a tumultuous, is probably putting it lightly, relationship there in Jacksonville, but uh, looking like he's going to join uh, the enemy as it looks like he will head to Tampa Bay. Does not have to leave the state of Florida, but will uh, be on a new franchise uh tom seaver yesterday passed away at the age of 75 former mets legend and uh connect forever connected uh, to our very own charlie paleo um it's a it's a it's a big loss for the major league baseball world and it's a very big loss uh in the in the grand scheme of uh, of history and and what what baseball has done so uh again we'll talk about all those things nba review MLB review, uh, what Thursday night's docket looks like for high school football, and also 23 days until it's football time in Tennessee. But let's open up with the NBA. Uh, NBA had two games on the docket last night, and neither uh, of those uh, let us down. You talk about Thunder and Rockets. Uh, That was the Carson Crouch special. Uh, Carson, very much a Rockets fan, but very much a Chris Paul fan, so I was really interested this morning because, again, 9 o'clock start. I did not catch this game in its entirety, but I uh, I caught the early portion of it. 30-29 to 29 was the score at the end of one, and that's basically when I went to bed. Uh, the, the game continued to stay tight the, the rest of the way, and OKC in the fourth quarter tightened it up uh, but couldn't get all the way closed uh, as the as the Rockets get the victory 104 to 102, and quite frankly, I think the better team moved on here. Uh, I think OKC has firepower, but I don't think they have sustained firepower that's going to be able to compete with the Lakers. And, and really and truthfully, that's what it's about. Yeah, it's about winning your series. It's about a lot of things, but it's about who projects better. And, and I think you know we talked about it yesterday in that very same fashion. I don't know that the the best team won the Jazz Nuggets series. I think the hottest team in the last seven games won the Jazz Nuggets series. 
but I don't want to say that the best team won. And, 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 you know, to that credit, you know, the Washington Nationals are probably, if they, if they would listen to this, they would say, are you sure about that? Because a year ago, they were very much a non-contender, got in, got hot, made a run, won a World Series. So uh, basketball is a little bit different, but at the same rate, people can get hot at the right time. But 102-104 was the final in the nightcap. Uh, as Chris Paul played all played 40 minutes, 19 points, had, had a pretty good night. Um, he was 3 of 6 from the three-point line, 5 of 11 overall uh, from the field, and had uh, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. So it had a triple-double, just not enough uh, to get these guys over, um, over the hump. He was not the leading scorer as uh, Dort uh, was the leading scorer for, for, for the Thunder. Uh, he had 35 minutes, 30 points, 10 of 21 from the floor. Uh, but, but again, not enough to get them uh, over the hump. Uh, bench points really were hard to come by uh, for the Thunder. Uh, they only had one bench guy in uh, double figures, and that was Schroeder. Uh, everybody else accumulated a combined eight points. So, uh, again, they had a couple guys on the, on the Rockets that were able to do that, House Jr. and Green. Uh, came off the bench and did some nice work, but they also had three 20-plus point scorers. So uh, the Rockets had a better night, and and quite frankly, like we said yesterday, I felt like they were the better team. They weren't going to let that bite them twice in the same series. Russell Westbrook had 20, James Harden had 17, and Gordon, with 37 minutes, was the leading scorer tied with uh, with Covington, uh, for 21 points. Covington played 39 minutes, 29, 21 points, and Gordon 37 minutes for 21 points. So uh, Rockets advance. They move on to see the Lakers. Uh, when that first game will be, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming uh, they'll need to kind of move on with it as, um, as the Lakers have sat dormant uh, for some time. But the other game uh, that, that happened last night, a little more controversial, uh, the last about eight seconds was where all the heat happened, no pun intended, uh, as the Miami Heat get the victory, 116-114. to 114. Uh, Drogic uh, of Miami, he led the way with 23 points, five rebounds, four assists. And Giannis uh, for Milwaukee, uh, 29 points, 14 rebounds, three assists. But what he'll be remembered for is that late-game foul. Was it a foul situation that put uh, – Jimmy Butler to the line to seal the deal for the Heat. Uh, it, it was a wild and crazy last few seconds. One, uh, there was a three-point shot by the Heat uh, that that was called a foul, wasn't a foul. Uh, actually, Drogic uh, was standing straight up and down. Uh, he was he was very much he has. It was not a foul. You can go back and watch it, and and a lot of the analysts were trying to justify that he that he contacted the player, and I'm like, the player contacted him. But I don't know. My my stance on the deal is is he has just as much right to be on the floor as the offensive player, and as long – excuse me, 6 a.m. Uh, but as long as – as long as he's straight up and down, he has the right to be on the floor. He leans into the shooter, maybe it's a different story. But he didn't, so – they call a they call a foul on Miami. Uh, of course, Milwaukee goes to the free throw line. Bang, bang, bang. 
nails three free throws. It is now 114 all with just a handful of seconds left. I mean, I think four and some change is what's left. So at that rate, they uh, they take their time out. They advance it to front court. And uh, when they inbound it, I'll be honest, Jimmy Butler, uh, he acted like he had all the time in the world. He's putting it on the floor. He's spinning. He's doing. And I don't know how there was time left on the clock, but with about three ticks left, .3 clicks, uh, he, he gets the shot off. Shot's clean. Shot gets off clean. But on the descent, Giannis puts his hand on his side. Doesn't seem to, to really alter his fall. It doesn't seem to really help or hurt the landing. He just contacted him. Whistle blowed. Foul. Free throw line for Jimmy Butler. I know referees miss things, and I know things get a little crazy, but that whistle decided this basketball game. Now, I'm not going to say if it went to overtime that that you wouldn't see very much the similar thing. I'm not saying that if it went to overtime that the the Heat wouldn't have still won. What I'm saying is, is you had a game decided on the free throw line. Very much in the – I mean, I am am equal opportunity in this regard. You don't end a basketball game at the free throw line. You, you, You don't end a football game on an untimed down. Uh, you don't end a race under caution. I mean, I any sport. I, I just I feel like that's you don't give the other team an opportunity. And at that rate, if they've played the entirety of the game and it's if it's tied, let it be tied. Now, some would argue that, and I'm I you know any Saints fan, you've got an asterisk. Okay, when when old boy got clobbered on the last play of the game and no call, that that was atrocious. There's there's certain bit of egregious effort that that needs to be called but I mean you can look at those last two fouls and I'm going to say the one against Milwaukee the or the foul that went against Miami uh enforced for Milwaukee was not a foul either he deserved to be able to be on the floor he was straight up and down hands up and he gets called for a foul and then on the other end um Giannis literally after Butler's released the ball as he's descending down to the floor, barely puts his hand on his side, almost looked like he was trying to make sure Jimmy Butler didn't land on his head, and they call a foul. And and my wife infamously says, makeup call. Well, I don't think it was. <laughs> I think it was a makeup call, but in, in lieu, it made a lot more up than the, the free throws they got on the other end. Period. Over and done with. So... If I if I'm the Bucks coach, I mean, you really gotta dig deep here. You're in a 2-0 hole. Miami leads the series now 2-0. You're in the semis, so I mean there's no place to run and hide. This is a good basketball team that you're gonna have to now win four out of five. I mean, the reality is you have to win four out of five to move on. And granted, you're you're not interested probably in the in the eventual situation that you're probably going to see either the Celtics or Raptors or, or or one of these other monster teams you don't want to have to exude all that energy against the Bucks or the Heat whoever moves on uh, to to then have to to do this thing again so I think it's a dynamic that's worth watching uh, how the impact of this very game 
impacts the rest of the season for these two franchises. But uh, both of these games last night were controversial. Uh, One was just a very tight basketball game. Controversial from the standpoint Chris Paul trying to get over the hump against his old team. That's where the controversy came in that game. But in the first game, Giannis uh, against Jimmy Butler in the Heat, holy moly. Holy moly donut shop, as we used to say. That was a, it was a wild and crazy ending that, in, in my opinion, didn't end on the floor. It ended at the free throw line, which is not a good situation. So uh, tonight, tonight we'll see uh, some more games on the slate. I'm trying to get – I tell you, ESPN, it's, it's hilarious how their, uh, how their little system uh, looks from time to time because sometimes it, it looks very good, sometimes it lo- loses its mind. Uh, but tonight you'll see 6.30 tip, uh, Raptors-Celtics. Uh, Boston now is leading that series 2 to nothing. Uh, Toronto is favored uh, by one, uh, which is, is interesting considering they're the air quotes road team. Uh, but nonetheless, I think they're, they're playing the curve that uh, going down 3 nothing is a death sentence. So the Raptors will have to, to dig down deep. Siakam is uh, projected to be the, the big-time player, averaging 22 and a, 22.9 points per game, nearly 7.5 rebounds and 3.5 and assists. And then Jason Tatum, who has gotten hot, to say the least, lately, 23.5 points a game, 7 rebounds and 3 assists per game average. So um, should be a really good one there. Uh, the uh, the Raptors and a, a, a really a, a team that's trying to prove a point that what they don't need Kawhi and company uh, to get it done. And they're, uh, they're by committee, but nonetheless, they are still alive in the playoffs. Boston leads series two to nothing. Can the Raptors respond? That's the question that will be answered tonight. And then the nightcap, Nuggets, Clippers. Uh, again, a very Western uh, Coast time slot, uh, 9 p.m. tip. Nuggets uh, that just came out of a seven-game series will take on the Clippers who have been chilling uh, for quite some time, Nikola Jokic, uh, he's averaging 20 points a game, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. And Kawhi Leonard, 27 points a game, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. So, uh, should be a pretty fun game. L.A. Clippers favored by 8.5 by the, the sports books over and under 223. So, uh, a little bit of a, a lofty score there. They're expecting a 110-plus uh, from each, if if my math serves me correctly, and then tomorrow night, Bucks Heat hit Game Three uh, from Lake Buena Vista, and the Rockets and the Lakers tip off after the Lakers have been idle uh, for more than ten days. Uh, they'll see the the hardwood again as James Harden and the Rockets see LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, let's take our first break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors when we come back. We're going to continue to dive in uh, to what is. We're going to look at Major League Baseball, what the scores and notes are uh, coming out of Wednesday, and then uh, look around uh, to what the standings look like uh, as we move into the later portion of this 60-game season. We'll do all that on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Your 
hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blunt County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. We all come from any walks of life, but no matter where you come from, the Blunt Partnership's goal is to always ensure you and your business are our top priority. In Blunt County, you are family. In the foothills of the Smoky Mountains, there is no greater place to plan a business and raise a family. We'd love to pair up with you and plan for the days ahead. Here, you can have it all at BluntPartnership.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865-389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use common sense. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online thegrindonsports.com that's thegrindonsports.com we don't always promise to be perfect but we promise to give you our honest opinion this is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. 
And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. As we move to Major League Baseball, just a little score review from Wednesday. Uh, the Rockies top the Giants 9-6. to Mets knock off the Orioles 9-4. to Cardinals fall to the Cincinnati Reds 4-3. to Blue Jays knock down the Marlins 2-1. to The Tampa Bay Rays 5-2 winners over the Yankees. The Phillies top the Nationals 3-0. Cubs knock down the Pirates 8-2. Braves get the best of the Red Sox 7-5. And really uh, a pretty dominant series right there as the Braves sweep the Red Sox. Uh, the Tigers knock down the Brewers. Or no, I'm sorry. The Brewers get the Tigers 8-5. Sorry. The Indians beat the, the Royals 5-0. Uh, the Astros get the best of the Rangers 2-1. The Twins beat the White Sox 8-1. Uh, the Padres uh, top the Angels 11-4, to and the Dodgers get the best of the Diamondbacks 3-2. to uh, Kind of a, a little standings update uh, as of yesterday, uh, looking at, at the American League. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, they're, they're kind of holding serve right there. You know, I thought this series with the Yankees, that might come back and, uh, and the, the Yankees be able to close that gap a little bit. But actually, as the Rays have uh, – kind of flex their muscle a little bit. Uh, they have expanded their lead over the second-place Yankees. Yankees now four and a half games back uh, with a, uh, a three-game difference in, in their schedule. But, again, uh, should they close that gap with all three games, uh, they would still be a game and a half back. Uh, so Tampa Bay leads the ALEs. Yankees back four and a half back in second. Blue Jays five and a half back. Orioles nine back. And the Red Sox bottom out at 13 uh, game, 13 and a half games back. Run differential, if you want to look at it. Uh, Tampa Bay, the reason they're so hot is they're plus 20 over the second-place Yankees. They're plus 42 overall uh, in run differential. Uh, runs four is 196. Uh, runs against 154. So they've done a really good job uh, of getting that uh, going. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games and, and on a little bit of a hot streak as the Yankees have uh, struggled a little bit in their last 10. They're, they're now 4-6. and six. Uh, The AL Central led by the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they're 23-14 they're and 14 on the season, 6-4 and four in their last 10. They're a game ahead of the White Sox, a game and a half ahead of the Twins, four and a half ahead of the Tigers, and nine games ahead of of the Kansas City Royals. So that is a three-team race in the AL Central as the Indians, White Sox, and Twins all battle it out. Uh, honestly, uh, the Twins would be in a lot better shape, but they've had a four and six last 10 uh, game outing. So that's what's uh, put them a little behind the eight ball, if you will. Uh, the Oakland Athletics lead the AL West uh, at a 22 and 12 record. They're two and a half ahead of the Astros, eight and a half ahead of the Mariners, uh, nine and a half ahead of the Rangers, and 11 and a half again ahead of the LA Angels. Uh, the Oakland Athletics are six and four in their their last 10. The best in that division is the Seattle Mariners. They're seven and three in their last 10, uh, trying to climb out of the basement of the AL West. The National League sees the a the NL East with the Braves ahead three games over the Philadelphia Phillies. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. So that's a that's a strong outing for the Braves. The the Phillies have actually closed a gap a little bit on the Braves as they're 8 and 2 in their last 10 best in their division, but the Marlins sit 4 games back, the Mets are 6 and a half back, 
and the Nationals sit nine games back. Uh, the Cubs, 22-14, and 14, lead the, the NL Central. Uh, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10, best in their division, and they're four games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, five games ahead of the Brewers. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds are six and a half back, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are 11 games back. Uh, and then in the NL West, the Dodgers kind of stand alone atop that division, 28-10. and 10. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, so a little bit of a hot streak when they need to be. Uh, the LA Dodgers are five games ahead of the Padres, nine and a half ahead of the Rockies, 10 games ahead of the Giants, and 13 and a half games ahead of the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks have uh, – cold is probably an understatement for them. They're one and nine in their last 10 games, uh, worst – over that stretch in Major League Baseball. So uh, Diamondbacks hit a little bit of a wall here late in the season, and um, and they're having to pay for it uh, on the flip side. 38 games for the Tampa Bay Rays is about the, the margin. Some people have uh, 37, 36, uh, but 38 games is about where we're at in this Major League season. Remember, 60 games regular season, and then we go to an expanded uh, playoff format. So I think anything is still on the table as the expanded format uh, will include a lot more teams than normal. But uh, I do say this season is getting away from a few franchises, i.e. the Diamondbacks, the Pirates. Uh, I don't think the Nationals are technically out of it. But I I would argue uh, that the Red Sox, Angels, uh, Pirates, and uh, Giants and Diamondbacks are, are done. I think you can wipe them off the table and uh, and get on get on about your business. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I think uh, baseball is continuing to to show that they have ways to to kind of move through this. And I hope people are taking good notes because I think the way they have uh, they have managed and planned and done different things, um, I, I think it uh, it's something to be uh, admired and something to watch. It's not a perfect system. But it is a system uh, that can be used between them, the the NBA, and and then hopefully uh, what the NFL rolls out there, uh, we can get a good look at uh, what what could uh, you know what could be for um, for college athletics and college sports. But uh, again, to close out Major League Baseball, uh, again want to remember Tom Seaver. Um, Fifty one years later, after the nineteen sixty nine Miracle Mets. Uh, never having finished above 500, going from ninth place in 68 to a World Series championship. Uh, Tom Seaver kind of cemented where he was going to be placed in that history. Uh, the transformation from lovable losers to champion uh, began in 1967, and most say it began with Tom Seaver. The story of how Seaver landed with the Mets is a little miracle in itself. The Atlanta Braves drafted the USC right-hander in the second phase of of the January draft in 1966, a part of the draft that no longer exists as and was reserved for players previously drafted who didn't sign. The Dodgers had drafted Seaver in the 10th round in 65, but a Dodger scout named Tony Lasorda refused to meet Seaver's $70,000 asking price, so Seaver went back to Southern California. Uh, Seaver and the Braves reached a deal in late February for a $40,000 bonus, uh, USC's spring season had already started. However, and under baseball rules, a team couldn't sign a player if his college season had begun. So Spike Eckert nullified the contract 
Seaver then tried to return to school, but NCAA declared him ineligible, even though he had yet to accept any money. So let's just say Seaver's road uh, was a little curvy uh, to come out of the gate. It was a classic catch-22 situation. Seaver's dad threatened a lawsuit. Eckert, an unprecedented move, set up a special lottery. Any team willing to match Atlanta's $40,000 bonus could participate, but the Braves were banned for sign- from signing Seaver for three years. Only teams that chose to get involved in the sweepstakes – the Philadelphia Phillies, the Cleveland Indians, and the New York Mets. The Mets won the lottery. Uh, first time they probably had a winning situation in their history. Eckert explained his decision was for the interest of the boy and for the public. The youngster previously signed a contract with another club in good faith, only to learn he had been improperly contracted. Uh, that's what Eckert said, and he was the, uh, the, the, the commissioner of baseball. It was not his fault that the contract was in validated. Uh, did the Mets know that what they were getting? Perhaps. Uh, it was noteworthy that the only three teams that he was worth the, the $40,000 bonus, though he was a sizable bonus for the time, most more more than, than most of the first-round picks would receive that June. So Seaver had been lightly scouted in high school in Fresno, uh, but he was just five foot nine, 160 pounds as a senior in 1962. He spent the next year working in a packing plant, and joined the Marine Corps Reserves. But after uh, a year at Fresno City College, he, he transferred to USC uh, to kind of begin that, that career. When Seaver initially agreed to the deal with the Braves, the Fresno Bee interviewed Braves uh, scout Johnny Moore, the team's West Coast supervisor. He said, we're very high on Tom's potential. Uh, we have watched him since he was a small lad in Fresno, and we especially kept our eye on him as he developed at Fresno City College and Southern Cal. As far as I'm concerned, there has been only one better deal since the free agent draft setup came in effect last June, and that was signing of Ricky Monday uh, by Kansas City. Uh, Monday had been the first pick in the draft, and Monday had been the first pick in the first draft in 1965. Uh, So while Seaver was only the 20th pick in the January phase, it was apparent he was an excellent prospect uh, given the Braves' Um, you know, kind of call about uh, his potential. But it's also possible some teams hadn't seen Seaver uh, and that even though he had gone 10-2 and as a starter at USC with a 2.47 ERA, uh, his fastball didn't impress. Years later, Baseball America quoted a veteran scout from the area who said of Seaver, some clubs wouldn't give him more than 4,000 because he had below average fastball, but he pitched against a team called the Crosby All-Stars just before the draft and was facing active major leaguers, he struck out 12 in five innings. So uh, Seaver was immediate star in New York when he got there. He spent 1966 in the minors and reached the Mets in 1967. When he when he went 16 and 13 with a 2.76 ERA and won National League Rookie of the Year, eyes became wide open. He went 16 and 12 with a 2.2 in 68, and the Mets climbed out of the seller. Uh, still going 73 and 89. They weren't expected to do much in 1969, the first year the leagues were split into divisions, featuring a young rotation with 24 year old Seaver, 26 year old Jerry Koosman, 22 year old Gary Gentry, and 25 year old Jim McAndrew. Um, and a, a guy, a 22 year old part time guy, uh, probably somebody's heard of him, Nolan Ryan. 
Now, the Mets allowed the second-fewest runs in the league. Seaver went 25-7 with a 2-2-1 ERA, winning the first of three of his Cy Young Awards. The Mets were seven games behind the Cubs on August 21st, but went 32-10 the rest of the way to win the division by a runaway eight games, and Seaver started eight games in that stretch. So, again, the difference was Seaver and went 8-0 with eight complete games and a 1.0 ERA. So a little bit of dynamic play late in a season. In game four of the World Series against the heavily favored Baltimore Orioles, Seaver tossed a 10-inning complete game to win 2-1, to one, and Koosman wrapped it up the next day. So Seaver became known as Tom Terrific, and rightly so. Since World War II, the only pitcher with a higher career war is Roger Clemens. Uh, Seaver was ahead of his time in in more than than his bonus demand. A 72 profile by Pat Jordan in Sports Illustrated said Seaver's dedication to his craft and to lifting weights uh, beat most players in his era before they ever hit the before they ever hit the baseball diamond. He said he believed, unlike most pitchers and coaches, that the selective program of weightlifting would add speed to a pitcher's fastball. Indeed, in one of his autobiographies, Ryan mentioned seeing the doughy bodies of his fellow Mets pitchers, and he too became an early proponent of weightlifting. Um, the suggestion was that Seaver wasn't a natural-born talent. He made himself into a great. Uh, although he's not conscious of it, Seaver showed his disdain for men who he feels have not fulfilled their potential. Jordan wrote again in that autobiography, he said, for Seaver, a man's talent is not just part of a man, it's the whole man, or at the very least, a mirror of that whole man. Of course, Seaver wasn't without talent. Uh, once the former ESPN baseball analyst Dave Campbell, who was in the lineup for the Padres the day Seaver fanned a record 10 batters in a row, he said he was so dominant that day, he could have told us what pitch was coming and we still wouldn't have hit it. Uh, now we, you know, Seaver has passed away at the age of 75 and with 1969 a distant 51 years away, it's uh, it's worth rolling back up the, the impact that Tom Seaver had on the Miracle Mets and uh, and how he dug that that franchise out of a deep, deep hole in their own division. Uh, it, you know, Rus- Jeff Russo uh, kind of quoted yesterday um, of his brother-in-law. He said, thank you for being a great role model. Uh, you, you know, the man who, uh, who, who was really, you know, kind of a big imp- instrument in, in the local, uh, y- you know, market uh, of different people of New York and, and of different people in, um, y- you know, sports. Uh, Jeff Rice, uh, the man who hired uh, a lot of the big names and big franchises uh, for ESPN, said this is a sad, incredible day. He said he was my mantle, my Kobe, my MJ. He, he posted uh, a photo of his autographed Seaver jersey. Uh, the legendary baseball writer John Thorne uh, simply wrote yesterday, Tom Seaver, hail and farewell. Uh, many Mets fans said the saddest day of their youth was the day the New York Mets traded Seaver to the Reds in time uh, to shed another tear. Tom Seaver passed away yesterday, age of 75. Uh, terrific Tom, um, a member of the Miracle Mets. Uh, gone at age 75 but hey let's take our second break of the day listen to our fine sponsors when we come back we'll take a glimpse into what rivalry thursday can look like tonight and we'll look at the vols 23 days until it's football time in tennessee we'll talk it all on the flip you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 
8.50 a.m. and streaming at WKVL.com. A Thursday edition unlike any other. Come on back. You don't want to miss it. home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lee Choir with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lee Choir, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lee Choir appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lee with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. 
Wrangler jeans are dependable, comfortable, and look good. And you can find your next pair of Wranglers for the lowest prices every day at Real King. Wrangler men's performance jeans start at just $29.99. Need some Wrangler jeans for boys? Well, they start at just $19.99. And ladies, check out the complete selection, including plus sizes, starting at just $29.99. For the complete Wrangler selection, visit your neighborhood Rural King, America's farm and home store. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to The Grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of the grind. As as Thursday has come back to us again, it is Rivalry Thursday, and there is football on the docket tonight. Cock County South Green will uh, be the Division One Region One matchup, 7:30 start time at South Green. Uh, Cock County one and zero heads to the Rebels of South Green. They are two and zero on the season. Uh, Northview Academy heads to Gatlinburg-Pittman. Both teams at 500, 1-1 on the season. Uh, One team will head to the winning category uh, and have a winning record. One will fall uh, to 1-2 and and get a losing record exiting the night. So who will be that? Uh, Gatlinburg-Pittman is the host team, I will say, both in Sevier County. uh, So it's not like they're going out of county. uh, But I will say the hole that is Gatlinburg-Pittman, you go up there and it's like they carved the mountain out to put Gatlinburg Pittman in there, um, you'll see that that's a uh, that's an advantage uh, for the Highlanders. So we'll see if Northview Academy can break uh, that trend. Rockwood one and one heads to Oliver Springs zero and two for Rivalry Thursday. Oliver Springs, a uh, they sprung up to William Blunt uh, last week, and the Governors got the best of Oliver Springs, but uh, they are hosting the TV matchup. Rockwood and Oliver Springs. Uh, check it out on your local listings. I think it's my VLT. Uh, 7 p.m. start is the uh, coverage. And, uh, of course, probably 7.30 uh, it will kick off. But, uh, again, Rockwood at Oliver Springs. Uh, Middle Tennessee has Bartlett at CPA, uh, both undefeated squads, Bartlett 2-0 and and CPA uh, 1-0. So, again, uh, check those things out. And, uh, and, again, the TV game, Oliver Springs and Rockwood, uh, locally, Northview Academy and Gatlinburg Pittman, and uh, down in Greene County, uh, Cock County heads to see South Green. So uh, I think that's a dynamic football game right there. I think South Green has a has a good little squad, uh, but Cock County showed a little life a week ago as uh, they they took a, a kind of a good whooping uh, 
against Campbell County in week number one, but uh, in week number two, uh, came back and got a little revenge. So, uh, again, a one-in-one Cock County team. Where are they? What is the, the uh, mantra that they're carrying? Well, I think we'll find out tonight uh, as they take on South Green. But, uh, you, you know, I, I looked yesterday, uh, and, and there was some uh, some interesting takes uh, from, you know, from uh, the, the early going uh, season. You know, I'm looking at uh, – you know, when you look at, I, I go to five star preps. I, I don't know if anybody, if you if you haven't checked these out, you should. Uh, I think you'll be glad you did. Five star preps, the uh, the guys who who really work hard there, Jesse Smithy, uh, and, and all of those uh, that that write very well uh, for five star preps. You should check them out. But uh, you know, I was looking, and they had East Tennessee's top fifteen teams through week two, and so I had to look. I had to look, uh, and and I think it's very very good for for Blount County teams number one and number two, Alcoa and Maryville, uh, setting up a really strong September 11th matchup uh, with the Tornadoes and the Rebels. Uh, but uh, Alcoa number one, Maryville number two, and I, I think that's the two and O versus the one and O. Uh, but I think that's an interesting conversation uh, to have uh, through week two and going into a big time matchup. Uh, but if you look down through here, uh, I think the class of the field, of course, is Blunt County. I think what you see is what you get. Uh, and, and here's going into week three, the full full rundown of who is um, the top 15 teams. Hold on. Let me log in. I swear, it's like it, like I don't have to log in this much to my bank account. It's just it's the funniest thing. But Alcoa number one, the defense continues to feast. They haven't allowed a team to amass more than 25 yards of total offense, and Scott County comes to town this week, so I think that trend uh, will continue. They held Blackman to 22 yards of total offense, and I think they held uh, their week two opponent, Austin East, to right at 25. So, uh, again, not not huge uh, litmus test um, for, for Alcoa, but nonetheless, uh, it is tests uh, that are on their schedule heading to September the 11th matchup with the Red Rebels. Uh, Maryville sits at 1-0. and They're number two on this list. The Rebels had a week off uh, this past Friday as, as Bearden had moved uh, their matchup to week five given COVID shutdown. Uh, and, and, again, they will have Cleveland tomorrow night, a 1-1 one one Cleveland team coming to Maryville uh, to see if they can improve uh, to 2-0 and uh, heading into Alcoa week. Uh, Knox Catholic, after their loss to Trinity Christian, still sits at number three on this list. Uh, the the game on ESPN did not go so well for the Irish, uh, but they won't face a team like that the rest of the season. Uh, Catholic needs to have a healthy Tommy Winton uh, to, to continue this number three spot. Uh, the Innsworth game this week has been rescheduled to November 6th, so a little bit of time to recover uh, they're moving forward. Knox West is number four on the top 15 here this week. The Rebels outscored Farragut 23 to nothing in the second half uh, to knock off, uh, to knock out their season uh, with a win. Isaiah Mattress, a guy that came into the season heralded, ran very well. Elijah Rogers, wide receiver. Shannon Blair, wide receiver and DB. And then Jay Hunley, an all-purpose back. Baker Dance made their appearance known. Uh, West plays at Carnes in week three, and I don't think uh, they're going to have any reason not to be still in this top five coming out of week number three. Powell is number five on this list. Uh, after two outings, two dramatic wins, but nonetheless, 
the Panthers sit at 2-0. Uh, look for Powell to put its foot on the gas and start pushing uh, towards a season-long consistent play and ultimately a playoff appearance. Uh, the Panthers welcome an 0-2 Fulton team uh, this week, and I would think uh, that the close contest uh, would end last week. I, I like the way Powell is uh, is pushing right there, and they're 2-0 uh, after some really dramatic faces. Uh, and, and, you know, that's the top five for, for five-star preps, and, and I don't disagree with it. I will say you've got a, a Knox Central team at number six knocking on the door. You've got a 2-0 Elizabethan defending champion team uh, at number seven. Uh, that's an arguable entry into the top five. But beyond that, uh, McMinn County needs to see somebody that's going to make us uh, believe that way. Anderson County sitting at one and one. Their their late game loss to Powell is a is a tough loss, but nonetheless they played a very strong football team uh, in Powell that night. Uh, Grace Christian sits at number ten. Kings Academy eleven. South Dole twelve. Oak Ridge thirteen. Greenville at fourteen and Loudon at fifteen. If I'm Loudon, I'm I'm pretty furious about that. Uh, I'll just say that if I'm Loudon, if I'm the Redskins, uh, you know they're they're two and zero. Oh, uh, they're, they've won um, both of their games in, in pretty convincing fashion. Uh, they've outscored their, their opponents 85-10 to 10 in their two opening wins, and yet an 0-1 Greenville uh, sits ahead of them. To me, uh, that is, um, that's less than ideal. Uh, guys who, who basically got votes in this deal but did not make the top 15, CAK, Sevier County, Meigs County, GP, Gatlinburg-Pittman, and Farragut. So, uh, again, the top 15 looks like that. Top five is littered uh, with Blunt County contact. Again, Alcoa, Maryville, one, two, respectively. So uh, fun times and and well-reserved, uh, if you ask me. I think uh, those two teams are, are the class of the field. They're the class of the area. And uh, here in about eight days, uh, they'll find out who the class of Blunt County is uh, on September the 11th, 7.30 kick uh, at Jim Renfro Field. But uh, as we close out today's show, about nine minutes to go till the top of the hour, I want to run down who wore the number 23 uh, for the Vols, who were some famous number 23s. And uh, again, as it's 23 days until it's football time in Tennessee. You look at at player profile, Tommy West, a three-year letter winner uh, for the Vols. West helped lead Tennessee to a pair of bowl games and two final Two top final rankings in the top 20 in the nation. The Gainesville, Georgia product was the co-captain of the 75 squad and played in the Blue-Gray All-Star game uh, that same year. West began his collegiate career as a running back but saw most of his play time as a tight end, catching 37 passes for 575 yards. He earned a second-team All-SEC honor as a senior and got 16 receptions and 233 yards and three touchdowns as a four-year guy. Uh, during his junior campaign, he caught 81-yard pass from Condridge Holloway, still the longest non-scoring play in Tennessee football history. Uh, West earned a bachelor's degree from UT in 76 and was drafted by the Tampa Bay Bucks that same year. He also played two seasons of baseball for the Volunteers and had a career batting average of 305. He hit 367 in 75 and was named an All-Southeastern Conference East Division selection. Uh, why he wore the, the number, Tommy Jernigan, another number 23, said, I wore 23 for Tennessee from the fall of 65 through the Cotton Bowl of 69. It was the number assigned to me as a back in the Tennessee scheme. 
Uh, almost all of my playing time was in the defensive backfield or as a roving linebacker. Monster man, he says. He said, I did actually play a little quarterback in 67 uh, when we had some injuries at that position. So, again, that's just the number he was dealt is the look I'm getting. Uh, but all-time number 23 is Larry Tanner. Uh, rocked at number uh, the first time, 1938-9. Willie Billy, uh, William Billy Beavis, 1941-45. Uh, Walter Slater, uh, 1946. Don Hill, 1951. Ralph Adams, 52. Kenneth Sadler, 56-8. Wayne Coleman, 59-62. Bobby Gratz, 63-4. Tommy Jernigan, 65-69. Merlin Hood, 70 and 71. Tommy West, 73 through 75. Ken Satterson, Sanderson, uh, 76 through 78. Daryl Harper, 81 through 83. Wesley Pryor, 84 through 86. Ernest Fields, 88 through 91. Sean Summers, 93 through 95. Uh, James Braswell, 96. D. Wayne Goodridge, uh, 97 through 99. Corey Larkin, 2001 through 2004. Ricardo Kemp. 06 and 07, and Prentice Wagner, 08 through 12. Uh, also, uh, all-time number 23s, if you look down closer uh, to the current time, uh, you had Cam Sutton, 2013-14, and then again in 2016, and Will Ignat, uh, 17 and 18. Again, through the 2019 season, uh, that was your number 23s. If you look at, uh, at current uh, number 23, um, I'm trying to get their uh, their roster up at the moment. Um, y- you know, it's one of those deals uh, where 23 is a number that everybody wants. I mean, I remember Cam Tatum wore number 23. Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of basketball players to wear 23. Uh, I think it's a number that everybody wants, just to be quite honest with you, uh, because of the Michael Jordan connection. I mean, even LeBron James and Isaiah Montgomery, uh, wide receiver 6'1", 211 out of Georgia, uh, by tr- way of Tri-Cities High School, uh, is wearing number 23 for the football Vols uh, as we speak. But, uh, y- you know, I think you look at it, and everybody wants 23 because it's the Jordan brand. It's the it's the one that everybody talks about, and, and that's who everybody wants. But, but really, uh, you know, the great number 23s, when you look at it overall, uh, I think of – I think of basketball. Uh, I mean, I, I don't – I don't necessarily, and it's not a conscious thing. Uh, I just don't consciously sit there and go, "Huh, I remember this number twenty-three in football that just really drove it crazy." And maybe there's one out there. I don't know. I, I would be interested uh, uh, to talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up Hall of Fame uh, NFL by number. Let's see. Let's see if I can find the number twenty-three in the NFL. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. As I as I try to pull this up, there's one. There's one in the NFL Hall of Fame with number 23. Interesting. Was he number 23? We'll see. Uh, Guy Chamberlain. Chamberlain. It looks like he was a an end and a head coach. Uh, nine full seasons, class of 1965. So I stand corrected. Out of Nebraska, Berlin Guy Chamberlain, a gridiron hero at Nebraska, became a premier end in the NFL in the 20s, uh, a two-way player, a play coach, Player coach of four NFL championship teams from 22, 3, 4, and 6. Uh, he was a member of the 1926 Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, 
a six-year coaching record of 58 and 16, uh, seven for a uh, almost 76% winning percentage. Uh, he uh, he played and coached uh, most all of that time. So again, I stand corrected on the 23s in football that I I could remember. There's probably others. And again, if your team is listed and has a 23 that's an all-time great, well, good. Let me know about it. Call in, talk to me about it, and I can correct uh, as we move forward. But if I had to say who the the top number 23s are of all time, I I think you look, and it's Michael Jordan, uh, number one. And it's not because, uh, and and we can get into that that GOAT discussion uh, anytime anybody wants, but to me it's because anytime it's like, I don't know, it's like any number. You know, uh, number 12 is going to be a great number for a lot of people. And some would argue that it's Tom Brady's number. Some would argue that it's an Alabama quarterback number. Some would argue a lot of things. But there are numbers that coincide with greatness. 16. It's a one that if you talk on the West Coast, it's probably going to be it's probably going to be a Joe Montana number. You talk to me in Tennessee, it's a Peyton Manning number. So uh, I think every number comes with its own fanhood and its own its own stories. Uh, but 23 has basically one story. It's uh, it, it's Michael Jordan, and then the current age is LeBron James. I think you look at that, and those two guys really lock down that number, and, and you can't say 23 without thinking of both of those guys. So, again, Jordan number one, 23, and I think LeBron is inching ever closer every single time he hits the floor. But, uh, you know, that's number 23, 23 days until it's football time in Tennessee again tonight. Uh, don't miss high school football on the docket as Cock County heads to South Green. Northview Academy heads to Gatlinburg-Pittman. Rockwood and Oliver Springs are on TV. Uh, my VLT, check that out. And then if you're in the mid-state, check out Bartlett at CPA. So those are the Thursday night games. Uh, tomorrow we'll run down the docket of what the weekend looks like for both or, or all of basketball, uh, football, high school, and uh, you know a little bit of college as as things are going to kick off a little bit uh, there this weekend, and we'll dig in to what Major League Baseball has to store for the weekend. But hey, we've hit the top of the hour. Don't miss uh, SB Nation returning to what is the Blunt County source for sports right here WKVL. Uh, but also, if you're out there and you need a realtor and you need a realtor, you should check out the one that just hooked into the grind, uh, Miss Tressa Leakwire. Uh, she's with Realty Executive Associates, and I tell you, uh, Miss Tressa is a great friend of our family and, and a great person in general, but if you need to buy or sell something, uh, you get with Tressa, and it's going to make it happen. She's going to be honest with you. Uh, she's going to give you a fair price. She's going she's gonna to tell you what you need to do to get it sold, and uh, as her slogan would suggest, uh, she'll take you from the kitchen table to the closing table. But if you need those services, again, Miss Tressa Leakwire, REA, Realty Executives Associates, right here in Maryville. Uh, she's been serving our area for a long time. Let her do so with you and get your stuff from the kitchen table to the closing table. But, hey, we've hit the top of the hour, and today's edition is over. The Thursday edition will re-air 2 to 3 this afternoon. But until then, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.